Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What's up, everybody? It's Down to Football, back with another episode. Hope everyone's doing well. The holiday season is around the corner, so for those celebrating, happy holidays, stay safe, and stay healthy. We've had another great week of football, a couple of upsets. As usual, there's always a couple of upsets. Great games for the most part. A lot of important games down the stretch. Playoffs coming coming soon. And um, like one thing I wanted to mention, I'm really glad that this season has worked out for the most part. We've had some incidents, but managed to overcome them. Faculty, players, staff, coaches have mainly been able to stay healthy for the entire season. And I hope it continues up until the end. But for this podcast, we're going to do our usual. So let's get right into the recap. So the first game I want to talk about is the Colts-Texans game. Now, not really an important game for the Texans, but for the Colts, they really need to win everything that they can right now. They're fighting for the division still with with the same record as the Titans. But they win this game 27-20. to Probably only a one-score game because you know how division games can be. Phillip Rivers, he went 22 for 28. Had 228 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Jonathan Taylor had 16 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown, adding 12 receiving yards. In the last three games, he's had 324 rushing yards, 71 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. A lot of Jonathan Taylor fantasy owners probably have probably wished that he would have done this during the season. But if you're still in the playoffs and you have him, I bet you're very happy about that. On the receiving side, we had Zach Pascal. He had five catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. The defense had five sacks and two fumble recoveries. Deshaun Watson, he had a great day. I'm really upset because it's a lot of talent wasted with a bad franchise. They're on the low right now. But he went 33 for 41 with 373 yards, two touchdowns. He did cough up a fumble. David Johnson had eight carries for 27 yards. But the the, the stat for him is that they had 11 catches and for 106 yards. Probably a lot of dump-offs, but hey, it adds for fantasy. Chad Henson, he had a touchdown, a pretty long touchdown. He was left wide open. And Kiki Kuti also had a touchdown. And this defense is just so poor. It's so, so poor. They had one sack, zero turnovers. Like I said, this game not so important for the Texans, but the Colts, like I said, they need to get every win that they can get. And they did so by winning a division game, so that really helps. The Buccaneers-Falcons game. I'm sure Falcons fans are having PTSD problems right now uh, from what they experienced last time they faced Tom Brady. I mean, maybe not the last time, but what happened in the Super Bowl, we all know. Now, they won thir- the Buccaneers won 31-27. Tom Brady went 31-45 for 45 with 390 yards and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, he only had 14 carries for 49 yards, but he did add two touchdowns. Mike Evans had an above-average game for his recent performances. He had six catches for 110 yards. Antonio Brown had five catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was a longer touchdown, I believe, like 45 yards, something like that. Devin White, great day for him. He had three sacks and 10 tackles as well. Matt Ryan, he had a great day. I just can't tell you why the Falcons just malfunction at some point during the game. He went 34 for 49 with 356 yards. He had three touchdowns. The team as a whole only had 37 rushing yards, so that's, that's not a great look. Calvin Ridley, he's been performing well in place of Julio Jones, who's been mainly hurt all year. He had 10 catches for 163 yards and a touchdown. The defense had three sacks, but no turnovers. There was a questionable first down call. It was 100% short of the line, the 
the first down line. Don't know how the refs missed that. It doesn't really matter because there's like 20 seconds on the clock, so it probably would have been game regardless. Still a little, still a little suspicious, but nothing, I, nothing to go crazy over. But that's it for that game. Buccaneers, as a Saints fan, unfortunately, are still in the race for the division, but if they end up with the same record as the Saints, the Saints will win the division solely because they have a better head-to-head. And the last game, we got the Bears, 33, Vikings, 27. This ultimately plummets the Vikings out of a playoff potential spot, and the Bears are suddenly keeping themselves in the race. Mitch Trubisky had 15 completions to 21 attempts. He had 202 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But David Montgomery has been the sole sole reason the offense has been thriving in past weeks. He has 32 carries, 146 yards, and two touchdowns in this game. And over the last four games, he has 436 rushing yards, 135 receiving yards, six touchdowns as well. So he's been doing phenomenal. Allen Robinson had four catches, but for 83 yards. It's like an average of like a little less than 21. And the defense totaled three sacks and an interception. On the flip side, Kirk Cousins, 24 for 35, 271 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Dalvin Cook, again, another running back that's been the primary centerpiece of their offense. He got 24 carries, 132 yards, and one touchdown. Justin Jefferson having a phenomenal season. Phenomenal. Eight catches for 103 yards. Now, Thielen only catches two balls for 11 yards, but one was a touchdown. That puts his total at 13 on the year. Defense only had one sack, but they did have that one interception. And that is the recap for the week. And I kind of want to throw this in here occasionally, but I'm bringing back the outstanding performers. Now, you have the previously mentioned players. You got David Montgomery. You got Dalvin Cook. You have Calvin Ridley. You got a lot of people you could talk about here. But there's, you know, they're outstanding performers as well, but there's three that stood out to me for specific reasons. You had Ryan Tannehill trying to keep his offense moving, trying to keep the Titans winning. Again, really tight race between them and the Colts. Against Detroit, he went 21 for 27, 273 yards with three touchdowns, and he also added three carries for 21 yards and two touchdowns. It's a great day for him, five total touchdowns, about 300 total yards. He's been uh, one of the very under-the-radar performers this year. He's been doing very, very well. Uh, I'm glad to see what happened in Miami, and he never really got that chance. People forget that he did bring him to the playoffs in Miami. And now he's thriving with Tennessee, and honestly, it makes me very happy. We also had Tony Pollard, who's in the place of a hurt Ezekiel Elliott, and he did fantastic. The 49ers don't exactly have a weak run defense. It is it can be stingy. It can be pretty tough to deal with. He had 12 carries for 69 yards and two touchdowns, but he also added six catches for 63 yards. A great day for him. I wonder, I don't know. I think Zeke, Zeke is just, I mean, his stats prove it, but he's been declining since his rookie year. I wonder what the Cowboys will do to him. But the last guy we have on this list is Stephon Diggs. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he did have 11 catches for 147 yards. But the notable statistic here is he was the first receiver this year to 100 catches. He now has 111, and he broke the franchise record. So congratulations to Stefan Diggs. Moving on. Some weird things happened this week. Some people overreacting, which is why I want to talk about obvious overreactions. Oh my god! 
So, the first overreaction I want to talk about, and this kind of hits home for me, is that Breeze, people saying Drew Breeze won't get back to 100%, and that way it would be better to bench him for the rest of the season until the playoffs. I disagree. So let's talk about what happened, what we saw in this Kansas City game. So he went 15 for 34 with 234 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Not great, but he did start the game 0-6, so if we break it down, he ends up going 15 for 28. It's still not great, and you really can't take away for the away the 0-6, but that slow start, you know, a lot of it has to do, he had 11 broken ribs. Not even as a football player, but as a human being, imagine having to recover from 11 broken ribs. That's more than half your ribs, if I'm not mistaken. And a collapse long. And he did this all in a month. It usually, and he's over 40 years old as well. So, at that, you know, he's rusty. You can't, you can't say he should be polished. He should look great. He should look fantastic. That's hard to come back from, especially in that short of time. He also has no Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, outside of Alvin Kamara, is his safety blanket. He works well because he's a great intermediate route runner, short to intermediate. And he was also missing three out of his top four receivers. So it's definitely difficult to perform well when you're missing your weapons. And like I said, sure, he was rusty. But in the end, in the playoffs, this is the guy you want out there. You have him play these next two games, let him polish up a little bit, and he'll be fine. He'll be fine for the playoffs. You can't rest him. That'll only make him rustier. That would just be stupid. He's got to get back into rhythm. He's got to perform or not perform but he's got to you know learn to adapt to not having his top receiver potentially missing three as I said before three out of four top receivers now I can't complain about this game it's a four point game no three point game I'm not entirely sure I will check yeah it's a three point game it's a three point game against the Chiefs against the Chiefs and Breeze did didn't do that great we were missing a lot of players we had a lot of people injured during the game a banged up O-line, a little bit of a banged up secondary. Mahomes didn't have a great day. He didn't do great. Our defense was able to perform, and they they truly did perform. I can't be upset about that. I did, came into that game expecting us not to win, and for it to not, not be a blowout, but be at least two scores. But to lose by a field goal, I can't complain. But the overreaction here is that Breeze won't get back to 100%, and then benching him for Taysom Hill again, I guess. It's just too much. It, it, it just does not make sense. You can't do that. And then the other overreaction that I have that I've been seeing across social media is that the Rams are a first-round exit because they lost to the Jets. Now, let's uh, hold your horses here. First off, every team has an off game. Talk about it with the Saints. We lost to the Eagles in a rookie quarterback's first start. They can say, okay, there was, no, there was no tape on it, but they still lost. Regardless if it was Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz, they still lost. Does not matter. They lost to a bad team. It's just a down game. In the end, it's just a down game. The offense had a few mishaps, but they're still good. I don't think Jared Goff, I think he's slightly questionable. I don't think he's great, but he can perform at times. The defense is still top three in the league. Easily. Easily. I think you see a slightly better game from the offense, and maybe some, you know, there's a couple loose screws on the defense for that game. And I think they secure a first-round win. I, I don't... With the way that defense is, uh, 100% has been one of the scariest, most daunting defenses in the league this year. I don't know how you could, just just because they lost to the Jets, that they're a first-round exit. Now, I think the Steelers are a first-round exit. They lost to the Redskins. 
They lost to the Bills, and then they lost to the Bengals on Monday. That's a difference of opinion. I think they're overrated, but I don't think that the Rams are overrated. That's just my take. Agree to disagree, but I do not believe that they're a first-round exit, and I think that is a huge overreaction. That's it for that segment. I, I like doing that one. And continuing on, we got fantasy finals. Who to start and who to stay away from. Finish up. So, I want to talk about who I'm going to start first. Wide receiver, Cole Beasley. He had eight catches for 112 yards last week. He now needs only 50 to reach 1,000. He's marked career highs in almost every category, maybe not touchdowns. But he's had a great year. He's had a great year. So underlooked, so underrated. Good for him. He's playing, playing the Patriots. So it could be high risk, high reward. Stephon Gilmore is out, but the only problem is he if Diggs is out, J.C. Jackson might be covering him, and J.C. Jackson has been very, very good this year. But but if Diggs is out or is playing at less than 100%, the volume could spike. He could get a lot more targets. We'll see what happens. I think Cole Beasley has a solid week. Great for fantasy. I think seven catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown would put him at 19.6 points. That is my wide receiver start. Juju Smith-Schuster, stay away from him. He's been questionable all year. He just got destroyed by the Bengals' defense, Von Bell. I'm sure he had a great time. He's getting decent volume underneath the defense, but he gets no yards after catch. He hasn't had an 100-yard game this year. He's peaked at 93 yards, which was in Week 9. Entirely touchdown dependent. And he's playing the Colts, which is one of the better pass defenses in the league. One of the better defenses in general in the league. I thought Juju was going to have a good year. Big Ben was going to come back. You know, he wasn't. He didn't have to play with Devlin Hodges or Mason Rudolph anymore. Unfortunately, that's not the case. He still isn't performing. He hasn't performed since Antonio Brown was on the other side of the field. My stat prediction for him is five catches for 46 yards and 9.6 points. I would just not start him. Running back. Start Melvin Gordon. Now, you might be tilting your head questioning this. But in the last three weeks, in standard PPR, he's had 12-plus points. He's 100% the red zone running back. Philip Lindsay is usually filtered out when they reach the 20-yard line. This is a revenge game against the Chargers. In the first matchup, he didn't do very much, but since then, the Chargers have been getting beat on the ground quite often. I'm sure he's looking to have a great game this time. It's definitely possible that he gets more than one score. I don't think it'll happen. I think he gets at least one, though. My prediction for him is 15 carries, 73 yards, a touchdown, three catches, 20 yards, and that puts him at 18.3 points, and I believe that you should start him. Might not, if you have two better running backs, start him, but, but very, very considerable for a flex position. Stay away, Kenyon Drake. Again, another person with a disappointing season. Consider, in the end, the numbers might look all right, but what was predicted for him at the beginning of the year in comparison to how he's performing, definitely disappointing. Now, he's had, he had 13-plus points from Week 11 to Week 14, so, so there are some upsides, but he was shut down primarily by the Eagles, and now he's playing a tough 49ers run D. In standard PPR, when they played the 49ers prior, in the, I believe the very first game of the season, he put up 14.5. It's all right. Now, Tony Pollard did sort of dice up this defense pretty well, but I believe that Kenyon Drake 
isn't exactly the same runner as Tony Pollard. I think Kenyon Drake, he stands very straight up. He doesn't move much. He's just, mm. and you got Chase Edmonds out there. I think this is going to be a game for Chase Edmonds. My stat prediction for Kenyon Drake is 15 carries for 59 yards, two catches for 15, and that would put him at 3.9 points. I would just stay away from him. That's my final push for fantasy. Good luck to all fantasy players that are in the finals. Man, it might be it might be a frustrating week for some, but you should be proud that you got yourself there. So congratulations. Last but not least, we got our game picks of the week. My luck. I got the Texans over the Bengals. Now the Bengals did just upset the Steelers, and I kind of wrote this before that game happened. But I'm still taking the Texans in this game. I think after what happened in that Colts game, and with Deshaun Watson continuing to do well, I do think they come come up with a win in this one. I see a score of Texans 31 to a Bengals 17 for my upset. Got the Raiders over the Dolphins. Now, this might be a little bit questionable. However, the Raiders have lost four out of their last five. They gotta be angry. They have to be angry with themselves. They can't be happy about that by any means. I think that the Dolphins with Tua are not nearly, nearly as good as they are with Fitzpatrick. But Tua's been winning, so you can't really complain. However, I do think that the Raiders upset the Dolphins this week. I see 24 Raiders to a Dolphins 21. Then my game of the week is the Steelers versus Colts. Now, the Steelers obviously didn't perform last week. I think they might put up a fight this week, but I do think they lose their fourth straight. I got the Colts 27 and the Steelers 23. I just think that the offense doesn't get it done against a good defense. Again, as mentioned before, one of the better defenses in the league. I don't see a lot of fluidity in that offense. They don't have a run game. There's a lot of problems. Juju is in his former self, so... Deontay Johnson's evolved pretty well, but the rest of the offense, I think, is still way behind. But in the end, I believe that the Colts win this game. Again, 27-23. That's it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed. Like I said, happy holidays to those celebrating. Stay safe, stay healthy. It's been very, very trying times. I'm sure a lot of people are going through it right now. And I hope all is well soon. And I just have one last question. Are you down to football?